Hello, I'm Alex Mansfield, the host of Manny Talk Shooting, and welcome to another episode. This is the shooting podcast where I talk to individuals all across the shooting industry. We'll talk competition, self-defense, concealed carry. If you like this content, check out our YouTube channel, Manny Talk Shooting. And without further ado, let's get to this episode. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to the next installment of Manny Talk Shooting, the shooting podcast where I talk to people on the internet because I want to, because you listen, and I enjoy it. So that's a good plug. Without further ado, let's talk about today's sponsor, the best sponsor, the title sponsor, is Go Fast, Don't Suck. So go over to run over there, gofastdontsuck.net. Tell Bill that Manny sent you. Go get some dry fire targets. Go get a match jersey. Uh, go get some banners because we all know we like our banner in the background. So go check out Bell at gofastdontsuck.net and uh, tell him I sent you and move on with your day. Uh, without further ado, now let's talk about the person on the show, Mr. Nathan Dively of uh, DivTech. Uh, how are you doing today? Doing great. How are you? I am fantastic. Uh, it's been a long time coming. We've been chit-chatting for a while now, and yeah. I think it was about time we got you on the show. Well, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here and excited to, uh, you know, be be part of the world that you have. It's pretty awesome. I've been following a lot of your episodes, and uh, I'm just honored to be on here now. So. Well, it's awesome. I mean, I should have done this a long time ago, <laughs> but um, it's pretty cool now. Um, if anyone watching the video format of the podcast, you'll see the awesome banner that runs across, and you'll see um, a link, well, not a link, but the web address for uh, Nathan's website, so go check it out. I'll tell you now, uh, Many Talk Shooting gets your 10% off, so go use it if you want. Don't feel bad. Please. Use up all those codes. Yes, use the codes because it just shows them. But no, anyways, guys, go check out Nathan. But let's get to the episode, guys. So Nathan, um, who are you and how did you get into shooting? Okay. Hi, everybody. I'm Nathan Dively. Um, let's see here. I've been a USPSA shooter. Been B-class for a while, though. Um, I've been a USPSA shooter for, I think, eight years now. Um, and, man, it's been a trip ever since. How I got into shooting, um, man, I can owe it to my lifelong friend from, like, second grade, getting me in the, getting me in the guns in general. Like, he, uh, like, up until my early 20s, I didn't really care much for guns. Mm -hmm. I was a martial arts guy, and I'm like, ah, I don't need guns. I can handle this and that. But he uh, got me to the range, and he just wanted me to have exposure and, you know, learn how to operate a firearm and shoot. So I said, yeah, okay, sounds good. So we went out with the Sig Mosquito, Walther P22, and just wasted a bunch of uh, 22s. But then, a, you know, a tragedy occurred in the Northeast that uh, put, uh, you know, the uh, Second Amendment, a lot of people thought the Second Amendment was on the chopping block. And so, you know, with the rush by, I was like, oh, snap, my rights can be, uh, you know, taken away. This is a, this just got real. So I went and bought my first gun. Um, and shortly after, uh, shortly after that, I got into reloading. And then almost immediately after that, I found USPSA. And it's been a trip ever since though. It's pretty cool. I even remember the first video that I saw that got me into USPSA. And um, it's here by a guy named Deadeye Steve on YouTube. You got, do you recognize that name? Maybe if I look, I was looking at it, but not off the top of my head. Oh man, he had an old camera attached to his hat and uh, he was just just burning down targets, uh, shooting single stack, I think. And I was like, oh man, this is like a video game. This is pretty sick. And he had like Motley Cruz, like kickstart my heart, like playing in the background. I was like, hell yeah, I am in. So shortly after that, I found um, the nearest USPSA match and got started. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's how I got into shooting and that's where I'm at now. So, well, that's pretty cool. It's a long kind of progression of it, which is kind of cool. Do you remember what that first uh, firearm you purchased was? Yes, it was an EAA witness P compact and 45 ACP. And of course, you know, you know, me being a dummy, not realizing how expensive that was going to be, especially during like a gun, uh, gun scare and things like that, mm-hmm. especially ammo. So I bought that and I was like, man, I, I got to, if I buy this, you know, I need to learn how to be proficient with this. So I bought all the 45 ACP that I could. And then uh, I was like, man, this is starting to get expensive. And then it's got into reloading from there. But yeah, like, uh, so I shot my first match with that EAA Witness P and like L10, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just like a lot of people would probably have at the time. It was, just, it was a rough first match. My rounds were nose diving into the, into the feed ramp. And every single time I reloaded, I would grab a mag. I'd actually pop out three rounds, <laughs> load and shoot. But then I'm like, oh, crap, I'm running dry. Well, I ran out of mags. I didn't have any mags I needed. So I was grabbing the rounds that I popped out out of the sand, dusting them off, jamming them into the mag, and continue going. <laughs> and um, there was a, the range master who also owned the range. He uh, recently passed. And, uh, but he looked at me. He, uh, I was like, man, I'm just going to give up a second stage of the day. He goes, man, just stay in the fight. Just stay in the fight. I don't care. And he's like, I don't care if you're the match or in the world. Just stay in the fight. So those, those words really stuck with me. And um, I came back the next match and then the match after that and bought more equipment and bought, to, bought, bought different guns. And uh, yeah, it's been a hell of a fun trip ever since with that. Yeah. So that Witness P, so that I'm assuming it's a, uh, so it's a tank tall Glio EAA, um, yeah. but it's a polymer grip, right? Yeah, it's a polymer grip. So it's kind of like the CZ75 Phantom then. because they did a polymer version of their guns and that's that's interesting i don't know why why they decided to make a polymer version of a metal gun i don't know but um you know it was what was available and i remember it being like 370 bucks and pretty i'll be honest it looked stinking cool too you know Mm -hmm. maybe i was like man this looks pretty nice i like this you know and i'll be honest uh, it's one of the most comfortable comfortable guns i've ever shot i mean in hand but the ammo and shooting L10 is just not a thing. Yeah, especially shooting 45, you know, God's caliber. I shoot a 45, <laughs> yeah. but I can't shoot a 46. All of those. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I, I would definitely, I would have not started shooting USPSA shooting 45. It's easy no, to pick I, up the brass, though. That's for sure. Oh, oh, dude, the brass, all that brass is mine. I Like 100% brass recovery. It was great. And then after that, like, um, I think my next gun was an SPO one, but in 40 cal SPO one tactical in 40 cal. And I was like, yeah, I got, I love major. I like the major scoring, you know, it keeps mm-hmm. me up there in, the, in the ranks, but, um, you know, shooting L 10, I just had no one to shoot with here down in the South. So, mm-hmm. you know, eventually went to production. Yeah. You production. I mean, production's okay. Um, it was you know, like it was fun. I respect it, but believe it or not, I'm actually thinking about going back to production right now, just for the challenge part of it. You mean to to shoot by yourself and then beat yourself, right? <laughs> I got to make top three, you know. Yeah, top three. <laughs> top three in the division, you know. <laughs> so, and um, yeah, I really, I you know, looking at production, you like carry op- I'm, uh, carry optics is what I'm shooting now, and it's great. Um, I have a lot of fun with it, but. Um, 
you know, I, I think I really want to challenge myself a little bit more, especially get myself a lot better with the reloads. Mm-hmm. And I think production will probably help me, but uh, yeah, just, just shoot something different. You know, everyone's shooting carry optics. It's great. Um, but I'll be honest, I really respect carry optics, but production, I don't know, just a toss, a toss up the flavors. I got to switch divisions at least once every couple of years, you know? And that's totally fine too. Cause you never know, you know, although we pick on it for being a dead division, it's still, it does have good you know principles and there's still some really fast, good production shooters, even like sure. in the local levels, like, well, we kept some guy out of the woodworks came back pretty much to shooting and he he's a GM in production. He's still pretty good. So, but yeah, he, but I don't even know what he's shooting. I think he's shooting a Tanfo as well. I think he's shooting a Tanfo. Cause that's what all the cool people shoot nowadays. Well, that or CZs. That or CZ. CZ or CZ-esque, right? Mm-hmm. Organic, right? Organic, as we saw in the last Nats, Nats you know? Yeah. Nils wow. is just a freaking beast, though. Yeah, I mean, you know, he, uh, put anything in that man's hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll, 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 uh, he'll do well with that. Oh, absolutely. He, he definitely will. So if anyone, if, if Canik didn't have him, somebody would. Oh yeah, no kidding. But you know what? I see a, I foresee a lot more Canik sales sales coming in the future. Oh yeah, absolutely. If, if people didn't already want to buy them, they're going to buy them now. Yeah. So so where are you? Um, lo- what state are you located in? I'm in western part of North Carolina, um, near Asheville area, and yeah, that's a, that's where I'm at. I'm originally from Northeast Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, like just put in perspective, near Bristol. Uh, some people will know where Bristol is and um near the bristol motor speedway mm-hmm. and uh that's where I, that's where i got my start in um uspsa and really you know doing a lot of uh, match shooting out there bristol greenville tennessee mm-hmm. gotcha no and that's kind of cool i actually have family who lives down near Asheville in one of the really? suburbs around there yeah it was kind of funny when uh of course when your phone uh when i when it popped up after i'd called it's like Asheville, tennessee north carolina i'm like okay i know where that is Oh snap! Do you ever come down to uh, Asheville? Uh, it's been a couple of years since I've come down, but uh, yeah, I still. Need, it's a beautiful land, it, you know. And you know what doesn't exist? Snow. Snow doesn't exist. No, but we. The funny thing is, we have ski resort or like skiing places and snowboard mm-hmm. places, and a lot of people out here that go. We have Sugar Mountain, Beach Mountain. Like we don't experience snowboarding. We experience iceboarding because it's all man-made stuff. Mm-hmm. And so if it's cold enough, they'll just run the blowers all night and you'll go out there during the day. It'll kind of melt during the day. Then we'll refreeze at night and they'll just chop up the ice. And then mm-hmm. next thing you know, you're just going down on ice slabs. Yeah, uh, ice slabs that like, look like snow. Oh yeah. And I'm I like, after I, after like three years of snow, four years of snowboarding in North Carolina ice, I went up to this place called Snowshoe, West Virginia. And it was the first time I actually experienced powdery snow. It didn't hurt when I fell. I was like, oh man, I could just belly flop all day long. It was fantastic. But you know, if you ever come down, man, please come down and visit me. I'll take you around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I it was a, I always remember it was beautiful down there and we never had enough vacation time, it seemed like when we were down there. But I'll have to come down, that's for sure. Now, um F, so after you went to the uh SPO one in 40, what was after that? So after that, I was like, you know what? I love the CZ platform, especially um, after CZ took care of me one time because I actually cracked the slide on that thing, mm-hmm. just shooting major and shooting a light recoil spring. 
And um, I think actually, actually, I won't say his name, but he actually, um, they just sent me a new gun. Mm-hmm. And it was all my fault. You know, they knew what I was doing with that. I was honest, put a note in there and they had a note that says, do not use this recoil spring. <laughs> but anyway, so I was like, okay, I'm stuck with CZ for a while. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan. So uh, after that, I found like an old surplus 1998 CZ 75. Mm-hmm. And I got it, gutted the parts and Cerakoted it and put new innards in it. And I ran production for a while. And, or actually I shot limited minor with that thing mm-hmm. uh, for a while. And holy crap, was that a lot of fun. And then after that, I became like a high cap fanboy ever since. But yeah, shooting uh, shooting limited minor. So a lot, of, a lot of my friends at the time, they were like, shoot, uh, like nah, you're not going to... You're not going to place well with that. And well, by golly, I did. It, it was, a, you know, at the local matches that I attended. And it was a lot of fun. And then, um, then after that, uh, I went to, I was like, you know, I'm tired of going at a snail's pace. I want to shoot major again. Let's do it. Let's, gonna go, let's go major. We're going to go open. Mm-hmm. And that's where I, after that, I got into open division. Yeah, with uh, what you said, if I remember right, it was with the Tangfoglio. Yeah, the Tanfo mm-hmm. open gun. Woo, man! I don't think I've cussed with a with a gun in my hand more <laughs> than more with that not. Yeah, I mean, I got it because it was affordable. Eric Rafael was shooting it. Um, JJ was shooting it at the time. I was like, okay, if it works for these guys, it's got to work for me. Oh, price point is affordable. Let's get into it. Oh man, what a headache. You know, I had to call JJ um, a couple times and he helped, he helped me through it and, um, you know, get, uh, get the thing working great, but shot 38 super comp with that. And it was, it was great. But man, did that thing sling brass though. Like it'd be mm-hmm. the next, the uh, brass would just land the next county over. I mean, <laughs> I spent, um, but after uh, shooting open for a while, finally unloaded the gun, but because I was getting tired of just looking for my brass all the time, I spent more time at the match with my head down than st- uh, looking for brass than I was, you know, staying in the game. Yeah, I can definitely imagine that. And I know a lot of um, shooters who shoot 38 Super Comp were looking at, like, maybe I need to get to something else, you know, maybe a nine major gun, just because mm-hmm. I don't want to have to look for brass all the time. Yeah. And I tried to try the same thing, actually found a nine, um, what call it? like they came with a spare barrel. Mm-hmm. So that is made for factory loads only. So I traded the guy and got the nine millimeter version of that barrel it had like a blocked off comp. So it actually took the, com- uh, to, took the barrel and the compensator to an actual drill press and, you know, bored it out and made into a, you know, decent nine major gun, but you know, at home practicing, you know, it worked great, but whenever I needed it to count at the match, uh, I just, um, I don't think I actually went through an entire match without any like serious malfunctions where I wasn't at the safe table taking apart that gun. Yeah, that, that definitely would be a, a reason to get rid of that. That's for sure. Yeah. But, you know, I learned a, a valuable, a lot of valuable lessons with that though, what kind of things I need to carry with me to a match and the importance of being able to detail strip your own pistol especially if you're going to be traveling and mm-hmm. having the tools to be able to do that. Oh yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta have the tools with you. That's in or a spare gun altogether. So you can just throw the one away and just grab yeah. the other one. Oh yeah. That's what I did. Like, so I, 
unloaded that uh, open gun and now I'm shooting the CZ P10X. Mm-hmm. Um, not the competition one. This is before the, comp- uh, the competition one came out. Uh, they got the optics ready. I got two of them. I got two optics. So just in the event the uh, battery dies down or, uh, or anything weird would happen, I just swap guns now. Like I definitely learned the importance of having a backup gun. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I just can't go to a match with that one now. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll do that with a local. I'll just take one gun just because mm-hmm. it's like, it's a local. I can throw it away if it needs to be. But, but yeah, if I'm going to a major, I got I to have, have two with me. Yeah. When I go into Area 6 about five years ago, five or six years ago, mm-hmm. and um, like second stage of the day, I mean, this is when I was shooting that uh, CZ-75 and I shot production with it when there was a lot of production shooters at that time. And I think uh, second stage of the day, I had a it's your busted trigger return spring. And I was like, oh, crap. And I looked around, couldn't find a bag. So I was going around to any shooter that was shooting like an SPL one at that time. I was like, do you have an extra TR, you know, trigger return spring? They're like, no, just get your backup gun. I'm like, okay, I'll get my backup gun. You know, mm-hmm. I don't really have one. But uh, somehow one appeared in my range bag, swapped it out, and I was able to finish the match. But I was like, Yep. And the funny thing was, like, five people told me the exact same thing. Yeah, just get your backup gun, man. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And some people, you know, they just, we, you know, it, it's not the right time to have one. You know, a lot of people can afford the one gun at the moment and you can't go out and get a second one. Yeah. Well, shit, even in like, you know, COVID times, you couldn't get, if you, depending on what you wanted, you couldn't find some stuff. Right. Absolutely right about that. So, yeah, shooting, uh, you know, shooting carry optics now with the P10S, man, I'm having a blast with that. But um, definitely, uh, you know, shooting minor really humbles me to really aim mm-hmm. <laughs> a whole lot more. I miss major, I'll say that. But um, I think uh, sometime next year, I'm going to really look at getting another a new open gun. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. Open guns are fun. Would you go with a, would you go with like a checkmate platform or would you go, go to like a 2011? I think I'm going to go for 2011. I shot one of my buddies, uh, 2011s, and man, like the control I had with the 2011 in my hand was amazing. And um, I think I'm going to try to look, you know, uh, see how Masterpiece Arms does, or maybe even look at getting a bull open Mm -hmm. gun, getting the Ultimate Racer or something like that. It's, uh, I'm not trying to like, win majors with those things i just want something that i could really have fun with mm-hmm. and uh you know the people that uh um, you know make those guns or deal with those guns are real close to me so that's going to be really handy for me you know oh absolutely definitely that's for sure and it's and, and it's always fun to get a new toy right oh, man i can't wait mm-hmm. you know like the you know getting that you know when you get that new gun you just kind of stare at it for a long time and just kind of all the time yeah. or you got your rig on all the time and you're just walking around the house and <laughs> i've done that mm-hmm. <laughs> so at what point was it your idea to start making so where did this come from where, where, what started this idea of 3d printed magnet okay so you know i have to rewind back of my first magnet that i made for myself you know, I was like, you know what? There's nothing in the rule books that say I can't use magnets. And, um, you know, this is when magnets were barely coming onto the scene. 
right? Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, let me see what I can do with this. Let's see, it's illegal. Got some, I got a rules check. And I was like, okay, yeah. So what I did, I bought a, um, you know, I found, I went through a, different, a number of different magnets and to attach it to my belt, I actually used zip ties. And okay. I used like an old cork board, uh, like a nylon cutting board. Mm-hmm. And I cut out a couple of discs and then put, put that up against my belt and then put the magnet on top. And then, um, you know, then a few, a couple of years ago, a few, uh, my wife got me as a gift, a, a 3d printer. Cause I always wanted one just to kind of tinker with. And I was like, you know what? I could probably, uh, you know, 3d print stuff for my, uh, shooting rig. So I was like, you know what, let me, uh, practice. And the first thing I made was the cap. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. Well, if I can design a cap, maybe I can design a mount to actually go on to this thing. So uh, a couple of years ago, at the very beginning of, I guess, 2020, um, I started producing and selling these magnets, magnet mag pouches, along with the cap. And it's been history ever since, you know, a couple uh, design changes over the time of naturally. And, um, you know, a lot of trial and error. But yeah, I'm at a point where I'm happy where it is-ish. I really want to incorporate more metal parts now. Uh, so I'm actually looking at getting either a CNC or at least a laser cutter so I can take those, you know, those plastic back plates, mm-hmm. I'll make those metal um, by second quarter uh, next year. That'll be awesome. I mean, I, I do like that you provide like what, two in the bag, three, three, what is it? Two in the box now of the black, yeah. and two of the blue. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll send two um, black ones and those are for standard, uh, standard belts, like standard race belts. Mm-hmm. then I'll provide two of any of like two blues, two reds or whatever color. Mm-hmm. And um, those are going to be for like the thicker race belts and the Lynx system will actually fit on the Lynx belts because, mm-hmm. you know, Lynx is starting to come up and people are wanting, wanting my product. And they're like, I don't have a way to mount it. So some person sent me the dimensions, actually 3d printed a mock-up of a Lynx, you know, block. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now everyone gets, um, from now on, we'll get those four backplates in a package just in case you ever wanted to switch belt systems now. So you're not married to just the one. Mm-hmm. But next year, um, I'm going to be producing a lot more for the Safari Land belts because I'm starting to see a lot more of those now. And I know that some people are actually cutting notches into those belts just to house my magnet, which, wow, you know, I'm, I'm glad you're doing, I'm glad that you brought my product and you want to use it but I hate the fact that you have to modify another one of your, you know, belts cutting it just to right. put it on, you know? So are you essentially going to make a, a secondary bracket then that's 1.75 inches instead of a 1.5? Yeah. So I'm going to either do that or um, have a means to do a direct mount. And uh, that way you can just kind of screw it in through those little holes in the, from the Savari belt. And Trying to, uh, trying to look at that as an option. So I'm playing with a couple different ones. So I have a couple people lined up that are ready to receive, you know, the, for, uh, the you know, the alphas, mm-hmm. if you will. Oh, yeah. So and that's going to be cool. Yeah, I'm really excited about that one, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there are still a lot of people who are using the ELS belts because they switch around from division to division and they, they want certain mags everywhere. or. Mm-hmm. But I will say we, we did have to go through a diff- decent amount of testing to find out which magnets worked the best. Yeah. So I want to thank you a lot for being so willing to try these out. 
uh, for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, you know, it's definitely worth, you know, trying to find, you know, to spend the money to try out different kinds, but I'm finally glad we've got that one. I'm really happy with the actual Mac that I'm using now, that 187. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost perfect for every, every use right now. Yeah. I think the only thing you still, it'll be definitely hard to, to find a good balance for PCC mag, those big PCC mags and yes. everyone else's mags. It's, it's definitely going to be a challenge. And especially because, you know, people are using the PCC mags, either like the MBXs or even the, you know, the big stick Glock mags uh-huh. for the nine mil PCCs. And those are going to be really hard. So my uh, wife actually drew, uh, drew up a really cool design uh, for like a double magnet system. Uh-huh. Um, and it'll be like kind of, you can rotate it uh, and be able to do like a, the idea is to kind of do like a cross draw kind of thing. Yeah. I want to call it the katana, to be honest, because it'd be kind of cool. <laughs> oh, that would be cool. Well, and and then just thinking of an idea, it's like because most of the time, you know, Glock, if they're using a plastic Glock mag, you know, most it's going to be sticking out so far. Even if you're able to put, if someone put a sleeve on that Glock mag to then stick it like the like actual straight up metal onto the magnet. Whoa. I mean, that we're just going to say. That's, wow. Wow. I, I can't believe I never thought of that yet. Like come up with a sleeve to put on the actual mm-hmm. mag magazine itself. That's yeah. really cool. That's a really cool idea. Oh, so um, while I got while we're talking about the magnet, I'm gonna address mm-hmm. some of the people that are listening to the podcast that are probably using the magnet right now. So, folks, if you haven't, um, you know, seen the video on Instagram or on YouTube or anything like that. There's a way to actually use these magnets. I've seen at matches where some people have other magnets. They'll actually take the magnet, the magazine, and rip it off forward uh, to detach it from themselves, and then load their gun. So, mm-hmm. folks, if you haven't done that yet, done this yet, you want to grab the magazine and slide it off the magnet. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. A lot of people. That's true. A lot of people don't know how to grab it with a magnet. Now, they should learn. Yeah. None of, none of these people have seen the fat guy jiggle I had to do. To, I, <laughs> Dude, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that's one of those things I'm glad, though. You know, you've proved that it can really work with the – with it can work with the Glock mag. It does have its limitations, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, steel mags, you could sprint with that thing on and not have to worry about it falling off. You. Oh, yeah. And, well, and my favorite job for this magnet, because typically I, I put it – it's behind my third pouch. And that's mm-hmm. holding a tape gun, a spare mag. <laughs> so you can just walk around the range with like a like your tape. Like it's really nice because you're you might be ROing somebody. And then you're like, oh, I gotta tape some targets and start pasting them with the paster gun. Yeah. I'm so like uh, I see match videos of people posting online uh, and they have their timer attached to it mm-hmm. or especially paster guns. It's very I like it just for the administrative aspect. I think you should actually use that same term too. Um Mm-hmm. It's just a really, I don't know, it's sort of like a tool belt, but a multi-use attachment for that, for a tool belt thing. I, yeah. I well, and then there's nowadays, like people are going to pretty much, some people are on their rigs are going to all magnets. Now that like Henning has got the T9, the T900 yes. uh, mag pouches, God, mm-hmm. that are a hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. They're, I'm not saying Henning's not worth the price, but God, those are expensive. No, but you know, one thing's for sure about Henning. I bought things from Henning and I'm actually about to buy some more things from Henning. Uh, um, you know, you get a quality product. 
Um, yeah, yeah, you're definitely spending the money, but you know, where I, you know, just to, you know, brag about Henning and like when you buy something from Henning, you don't have to think about it or worry about it. Um, but yeah, that, that hanger that he got the T1000. Mm -hmm. Have you seen a lot? Of, have you seen those around? I haven't seen many of those in the wild yet. I've seen them, but I have gone to how many majors? I went to three majors this year. Mm -hmm. So I saw them at a couple of them. Um, uh, one of them I was staffing, well, two of them I was staffing, but I only really saw one instance where the holster could have been farther than it was supposed to be. But it's more mm -hmm. due to the holster being farther, like its offset to the hanger itself was a little on the far side. So, but it's super, the heading is super adjustable. Um, it's a really awesome since the, the, the Allen key, like the really nice Allen driver with it to adjust it, but. It's a cool piece of it's a cool piece of tech. Do you think you're gonna you're gonna get your hands on one and try one? Probably not, just because I'm gonna go I'm going to open, so I'll have my race holster. Oh yeah, that's right. But he did make if you have an Everglades holster, he uh, he made a he made it so you can use his T1000 um, hanger and attach it to the Everglades uh, trigger lock, essentially. Ooh. Yep. Because he, because that's the, he was running the Everglades uh, holster, the MRH, you know, for a while, and he's like, "Well, I can just make this attachment thingy, and now my race holster is now on a T1000." So, wow, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. And it's way more adjustable than what the uh, Everglades was, but uh, but yeah, it's so cool. That's really nice. You know, like a, when I was shooting up, and I ran a CR Speed, um, uh, World Shoot. Uh, holster mm -hmm. open holster it was really nice and but it came with so many tiny bits and pieces have you seen that before oh yeah yeah and so i mean to have something i mean it's a great holster it got me through yeah, a lot with open but you know if you're going to go open and you can find a super adjustable hanger i think it'd be kind of pretty worth it but you know maybe we'll see an open version of that before too long Oh yeah, I'd be super. Uh, that'll be cool. That we might. And everyone's innovating because they have to, because they got to stay relevant in the market. They just like even Double Alpha knows that. That's why they came out with a Lynx belt. Yeah, so yeah, many but... people are using that. That is ridiculously crazy. And now people are even making attachments for the Lynx belt. Like uh, the, there's a new uh, GX Products makes a ratchet now that hooks straight up Ooh. to the Lynx belt, so you can get rid of the the keep the O ring keeper that Double Alpha sells. Yeah. Close it. So you then essentially you replace your last two links, put these two new links on that are hooked up to the, the ratchet system, and then you just ratchet it shut. Oh, I'm not gonna lie, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I was actually I was actually not expecting links to catch on as well as it did. Um, because you know, you know, the double belt system has been has been tried and true, you know, tested for and proven good for many years, but then the links, and I know that some people had like when it first came out, like had their reserves about it. I'm like, I don't know. It's kind of weird. It's kind of, it, it bends in a weird way, but also it's real sturdy in a different weird way. Right. So like if you, if, mm -hmm. if, if the, my hands are the belt, there's no more bend this way away from your body. There's now it's mm -hmm. more like this way wiggle because depending on where you put the pouch, if it's on the link or it's on the, the cross member or, you know, or the, the connection. Mm -hmm. From what I see is a lot of people who shoot, travel to majors all the time who are flying they love mm -hmm. the links belt because it just shrinks down so small yeah 
and for someone like me who goes, you know, I'll drive to majors or I'm, you know, I'm just going to locals. I don't care. I'll have a double, a double belt system, like my dominate defense. Like I don't need something to shrink down. I just, right. clip the, I just clip the belt onto the loops outside my, my, on my Zuka cart and call it a day. Mm-hmm. Like maybe if I get to the point where I start like flying for matches, maybe I'll consider the links belt. It's just, no, no. Uh, I'll use things until they break mm-hmm. um, before I consider getting new things anymore. I think. I really do see it where it's an advantage is like, say you're on a weight loss journey, mm-hmm. like, and you really want to get better, but you, you, you're a competitive shooter and you're like, well, I got to lose some weight. So you start with so many links and then eventually you can start popping links out when you start losing that weight. So then you're not having to buy a whole new belt. Well, if you think about it, a double alpha links belts about double the cost of a regular, you know, inner outer belt. Yeah. But really you're paying for it, but it's that versatility or, say your buddy wants to borrow your rig and you buy extra links and you can, they can make it bigger for them. So, I mean, it's versatile that way. That is a really good point. I never thought of it that way. Cause I remember I had my buddy try USPSA and he's, um, you know, a bodybuilder and has a bigger waist. And we were just trying to like find different ways to put on different belts. And it actually, for his first match, I think we actually took two belts Mm -hmm. and wrapped it around him and, you know, took that little flappy little piece of, cloth with the velcro and put it on two ends of him that is pretty funny and, and the nice thing is now we don't have the rule about behind the hip bones so yeah. you so you can just like we'll make it work just get it on their body somehow yeah <laughs> which is nice because then even if they could think if they had a carry gun they can use their carry gun like appendix or whatever so that's pretty cool though mm-hmm. um Thanks, everybody, for stopping in the middle of this awesome conversation, Mr. Nathan Dively. Hey, I'm hoping you're enjoying these episodes. They're awesome, and I'm enjoying them. But we got to plug the sponsors because it's the middle of the show. It's what I do now. So anyway, uh, don't forget, gofastdontsuck.net. Go over and check out Go Fast Don't Suck. Go buy some T-shirts, some jerseys, some match banners, uh, dry fire targets because you need them. Uh, Hunter's HD Gold. Go check out Brian over there. He is awesome, fabulous, coming out with new stuff all the time, being innovative, and supporting the student sport. So go check out huntershdgold.com. Can't forget to run over to dominatedefense.com. Go get yourself a Mach 1 speed belt combo and use Manny Talks 10 for 10% off that Mach 1 speed belt combo. Best belt in the biz. I say it. Paracast says it. So go out and get yourself one. You'll thank me later. Don't forget to go over to the, the guy who's this show it's all about. It's divtechshop.com. Go over and get yourself a DivTech magnet because they're affordable and fantastic and we're innovating with them every single time. So Go check them out. Manny Talks Shooting for 10% off your order. Go tell Nathan that you saw the episode. Tell him that you thank him for supporting the shooting sports. And thank you for watching. Don't forget, we've got um, our friends over at Laugh and Load. Just so you guys know, I have launched a shirt over at laughandload.com. So go to la- type in laughandload.com on your browser. Go to the middle of the website. You're going to see my logo, Manny Talks Shooting. You're going to find my favorite shirts and my official shirt, the Manny Talk shooting, get out and do the thing shirt. So go over there, support me, support them. Um, I thought it was only right that they get to launch my shirt because they've been friends since the beginning and it's been awesome and I appreciate them greatly. But don't forget, go get yourself a AFT agent shirt and a Supreme Division open shirt because only shoot open because that's how our personality is now because only shoot open guns. We can't forget to run over to our friends at rangepanda.com, Eric Steiner and Gianni Giordano. Uh, they're fantastic high-level shooters, and they're always innovating and changing the game. So if you haven't paid attention, Eric is now offering cases, foam cases uh, for cutouts for your open guns and limited guns and some major carry optics guns. But So go check them out. 
rangepanda.com. Go check out everything you want and need uh, from them. We also can't forget timheronshooting.com because they're the best, and he got me on the map. So he's an awesome shooter. He's intelligent, top-level guy, awesome single-stack shooter, and go check him out. Um, find him and where he's going to be next um, in the shooting sport. So he's always got classes. They're filling up quick, so get on them now. Uh, we also we cannot forget Targets USA because they, they are the finest steel targets on the planet. I say it. Steve Anderson says it because they are. Go check out targetsusa.com and go get yourself some steel targetry or whatever you may need from him and tell him Manny sent you because I, I, I'm just here for that. Uh, don't forget, we've got to run over to um, Chile Custom Gunworks and go get yourself a new grip for your open gun. Uh, go get a grip for your staccato because you know you need one because they're plastic and lame. So yeah, go right over and get some stuff from ccgunworks.com and uh, move on with your day. But you need to get some, if you want to be more tactical, Put a metal grip on your staccato. If you have a new open gun or limited gun you want built, tell your builder. Chile Custom Gunworks parts go a long way. <clears throat> but last but not least, I think there's one more. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I'm forgetting how many there are now. It's getting okay, but it's okay, guys. Um, thank you guys for watching this far into the episode and to the end of the show because I know you will. Right. So, anyways, guys. Um, until next time, we're gonna finish this conversation, with Mr. Nathan Dively, and hopefully, we'll see you on the next one. Have you have you tried the appendix carry yet in um, USPSA? No, no. Do you think you're ever going to try it? I mean, maybe. Like, if like if I told my friends like we we're gonna like if we were gonna do a theme of the match and like mm -hmm. all right, we're like we'll get we'll get like three prizes, right? You know, guy who wins top appendix carry or what? You know, like something like that. Then I might do it. Like, but I haven't thought about it because I just take my my race holster and. Well, my, not my race holster, but my, my competition rig and I'm all set up my, for me, I'd then be fishing reloads out of my pocket. So, yeah. And I don't, that's just no fun. No, but, yeah, it, I don't think but, well, it's, but it's a really cool way to get people into the sport who want to participate. who really don't have the whole setup yet, but they've got their carry mm -hmm. gun, like a Glock yeah. 17 or something. So that's, that's always a nice feature. Yeah, I think it's really cool. Like uh, when it comes to the whole appendix carry, I had my like a lot of my reserves for, about it with that rules change, and I was like, "Oh man, I can't. I, it's going to happen. Someone's going to be on the internet, and they're going to have a leg, a hole in the front of them somehow, or something like that." But mm -hmm. you know, I think uh, I was that. I'm glad to be shown wrong with that. Like a lot of people are a lot more capable <laughs> than yeah than I thought they were. So it's that's nice. Yeah, and and there's just I feel it's a certain type of demographic that want to do it. You don't see a bunch of I don't I've, I don't think I've seen a limited gun like a true like 2011 limited gun be carried appendix mm -hmm. for like USPSA. Just be, but even at Nat, like Race Gun Nationals, I had a buddy tell me uh, that one of his uh, friends who was running a uh, he was ROing the match. And uh, he had a, a checkmate that somebody didn't put the, uh, the safety on before they put it in the holster and it went off. Oh, snap. Yeah, so like, yeah, the bullet could have like totally taken out somebody's foot. Jeez. So, and that's, and that's a great, you know, yes, that equipment wasn't working properly. But still, like, I, I do have a little bit of hesitance because you never know what could happen to a gun after you cycle it so many times or, it, you know, the what could break kind of scenario. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But Wear and tear happens, right? yeah exactly and that's where i'd be like i like i have my carry guns and i have my competition guns you know so mm -hmm. the, carry gun, 
like um, my dad told me this a long time ago. He said, like, it's like a, it's like a plane, right? Mm-hmm. It's not if a plane crashes, when it will crash. All planes will crash, but you just have to, you know, not being in one eventually it does. And that's, you know, he really used to talk about like wear and tear and things. But yeah, like when it comes to like holstering a weapon, like a thing I do uh, at the make ready, like load, make ready, but then I actually, I'll close my legs and then um, have my feet side to side, then holster, and then I'll have a wide stance again. And I'm always paranoid about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess I'm not that paranoid, but yeah, but I know how my trigger is going to react. And yeah, it's, but yeah, so for the most part, I might try it, but not with the, my current. I'd have to, I'd probably throw my, I'd grab my carry Glock and then just use that in a match. Well, just take your entire, you know, your uh, production rig they had, just rotate it 90 degrees. And <laughs> yeah, that too. I mean, I did this. So this is a funny joke or a funny story. Um, my buddy Brian, uh, or anyone who remembers him, he's been on the podcast twice. Uh, Reds dot uh, got banned from IDPA for because he was part of that original original match that they were shooting at AIWB before Joyce Wilson made it illegal. It's like six months to a year before she made it legal. Mm-hmm. He got banned, and I sent him this video of I put like a I had a I had a Glock holster on a Blade Tech attachment, and I clipped it to the front of my belt. I was just doing draws like outside the waistband appendix carry. And I was just like, dick holster. And I was, I was just, he just busted up. We both busted up laughing doing it. And it was, it was funny. Cause it, but, and when I see that, I also see the fact is you could break the 180 coming out of the holster. And yeah. I don't know. And so that's on the shooter though. I mean, like you got to be really aware of that stuff or the person paying attention to them drawing from appendix. Right. Well, you know, I have to, you know, I have to give props to the guys that actually, actually do do this in matches, do appendix carrying matches. Like they train hard not to break the 180. Mm-hmm. From the people that I've encountered that, you know, that say they trained with that. So I'm really impressed with that, especially with the about face and draw mm-hmm. and things. I'm like, yeah, you got to be on your toes. I think when you're doing that, yeah. and, and you really got to find the dickish RO who's going to be like, yeah, yeah you know. It's like you got to be for sure you know that they've broken the 180 before you call it. So yeah, yeah. So um, how how many majors did you shoot this year? None this year. What's that? I know, right? I think I'm the only person that said none. Um, uh, the, uh, on your show, mm-hmm. but next year I'm going to be definitely handing up a six Carolina Classic is what I want to do, and I really want to do the Atomic Blast just because. It's real close by. Um, that's that's one in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. If they if they do it, um, do it at Oak Ridge again. And let's see here. Yeah, those three I definitely want to do at least in at least a six. And uh, and if I can try to go up north a little bit more into Virginia and mm-hmm. try a couple matches there. But when it, and if I'm able to, you know, find time and things i like to try to go for nats just to have that experience something i've always wanted to do i can believe i've never done it yet um you know i never got a, never found a spot for it and uh, yeah i'd like to go and try that out just see yeah. how i can be honest yeah especially since you live in north carolina it's not too awful far from either national spot so hmm. like because you got cardinal center in ohio for next year yeah and then if you shot like open pcc um it would be down in 
Talladega again. So that's not a too awful far drive. No. Yeah, I really, uh, yeah, I'd like to go and, um, you know, see the, uh, see that match in Talladega and, you know, eat out the Applebee's down there. I heard it's the spot to go to. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> likes Applebee's. Well, I mean, you got that late night, you got that, what, the Oreo shake, two straws, one check, because I got you. Oh, <laughs> that song is horrible. Oh, my Lord. But yeah. No, I agree. I want to go to Nationals next year as well. Uh, I just to fit it in or something or find the time or mm-hmm. make, find the vacation time off work is the more tricky part. So are you going to, uh, do you think you're going to try to work the match? Um, I'm thinking so. Cause I, I'd love to work nationals. I've got plenty of majors under my most decent amount of majors under my belt. So I think I can go and work nationals. I've got how many am I working this season? Well, 2023, I've got Michigan, Ryan Rocks, Area 5. I've got at least four, ma- four major matches mm-hmm. that I'm working, so I might have a fifth one. The list keeps growing, it seems like, though. So seems like you're going you're gonna to have to do this like as a part-time job, it sounds like, eventually. I mean, I, I kind of treat it as a part-time job, yeah. but it's, it's – especially with, like, growing my club and being involved, like, um, on a more of a – the grassroots level of putting on the match, all the local matches, it's mm-hmm. definitely building up to major matches. So like any stage I'd put in a local match, um, I would put in a major match. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's cause it's tuned enough to go into a major. I mean, there might be a little things we'd have to tweak do for, you know, just on the safety side and, or, you know, we're putting a swinger up here. So we got to hang up extra crap for all this, you know, the, for the swinger or whatnot, but right I put any of those because ma- I think of it like that. It's like what could go into a level two match, a level three match. I like it. Like um, there's a guy near um, uh, what do you call him? That is that does matches down in Greenville, Tennessee, and he puts on some really fun stages. Like some really, he does a good really uh, like some uh, there's some matches that he'll do a really good job and making sure that every stage has options mm-hmm. where like uh, let's say a squad of eight of us right we'll go up to him stage half of us are going to be shooting it way different mm-hmm. uh, than we're so yeah. things that, those are things i really appreciate in a in a stage you know not like here's the course of fire everyone's gonna shoot the same if if, there, if you give me options i'm gonna try to exploit the options i like to try to think mm-hmm. you know oh yeah and i agree you got to have stages with options i mean sometimes there is going to be the obvious plan but you still give the people options of, oh, you could take this here or here. But, mm-hmm. and I, I, I think the biggest thing I've been working on this year when I'm designing stages for 2023 is um, having, what skill am I testing here? Mm-hmm. Instead of shooting really fast and running really fast, like am I shooting, testing, shooting on the move? Am I t- shooting your, testing your shot calling on far steel or all that kind of stuff? Or can I blend shooting on the move and hitting a spot and shooting these targets and, uh, and giving enough options there yet making it an interesting stage. Cause sometimes there is mental overload, like on memory stages, you're like, uh, yeah, I'm with you on that. Like, uh, I really appreciate those stages there. Like, like, even though they're in a short bay, you can only have, you can only do so much, but like it, it looks fast, but to put tuxedos on there, put zebras on there. Uh, just to slow you down mm-hmm. or cause you to slow down if you want to slow down you know yeah 
Yeah, it's there's definitely a lot of things when it comes to stages. Like you think about it, you know, you give them enough time to speed up, like with open paper, and then you got to really slow them down with either a no shoot or a hard cover. Mm-hmm. And then one thing I've been learning even more is like, when do you put a no shoot and when do you put hard cover? Um, or honestly, like my favorite thing to use hard cover for is to protect props or the walls. Mm-hmm. Like, so if I really don't want you shooting at this wall, I'm going to put hard cover on this target. So you're going to, you're going to aim away from my wall. So you're not shooting it. Wow. Because Never I, don't wanna, that I don't want to replace walls because <laughs> when they're full of bullets, it's a pain in the butt. So we have um, a guy that um, in Tennessee, had, we have, uh, you know, PVC walls, right? The frames are made of PVC sometimes. And I tell you what, he is a master. If someone, you know, shoots at one of these PVCs, you know, the shatters, right? Mm-hmm. That man, he'll be down there within two minutes with his golf cart or, or his Jeep. And he'll, he'll have that thing fixed and swapped out in less than one minute. Like, mm-hmm. it's impressive. It's annoying yeah. that he has to do it, but <laughs> mm-hmm. that's impressive though. Yeah, so I'm so I'm assuming then like the the snow fence is like zip tied to the zip tied to the PVC. Yeah, so that that's nice. I'm, I guess I wonder right now. I wonder what's more affordable though, the PVC wall or like a wood wall? You know, because uh, the cost of lumber. Cool. Yeah, the cost of uh, cost of lumber is you know coming down out here, and I think we all still prefer the lumber. Um, I'm not sure. I really don't know. I haven't priced that stuff. Well, it, it is a lot lighter to carry PVC walls, though. Hmm? It's a lot, oh, yeah. a lot lighter. Darn tuning it is, especially when you have tear down stages. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Or even set up stages. Yeah, that's the trick. Is like people, <laughs> we use a lot of some mini poppers at my bit in my club because one, we don't have a lot of full size poppers, but they're so much easier and lighter to carry. That's why yeah. we use the minis. And that's just, it's just, it's, it's preferable. Yeah. You got to, they're a little bit smaller. You put them out a little bit farther, makes them a little scarier, but they're fun. Yeah. Like I actually, I prefer the minis over the big ones anyway. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have to aim. Yeah. It, aiming is fun. Aiming is fun, but it's really cool is when you can just, you paint the dot over the, the steel and you're just like, and you break the shot and you ping, 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 and they just start falling down. It's, and then you're not oh. really, you're not like really focused on the aiming aspect. You're just, just kind of going through it and it's it's kind of fun yeah it is have you taken any formal instruction for competition shooting no but i want to so bad now um you know i've kind of like a slowed myself down um especially in the last couple of years because of the uh, you know covid and not going out and things like that as much but i'm ready to put rounds down range but i don't want to waste them mm-hmm. anymore so i really want to take a uh take a class and I'm thinking about going down to at least, um, you know, checking out uh, um, Gilbert Perez and taking a class from him. He's a he's a GM down in uh, uh, Knoxville or around Knoxville. Mm-hmm. And he's also the guy that, um, you know, deals with bull, um, bull pistols. Oh, okay. GMs, Gilbert Perez. And um, so, that's a, so that's a goal of mine. And honestly, whoever is close by to me, I like to go over and uh, take a class, you know, um, any instruction is going to be good instruction um, because I really want to break the crest of getting out of B class. And my goal next year, I want to hit M class next year and not just to hit the paper, but I really want to be M class and be up there, you know, higher on the leaderboards with an actual M next to my name. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's definitely a good aspiration um that's myself is something i've been looking at too is like getting out of b and put so here and here's the hardest part about b you can either have a great run or a crappy run and still hit b mm -hmm. class and yeah. the fact is it's such a it seems like that the as your skill progresses it's sometimes the 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 better you get the sucky runs are still in b because they're just good enough to count and they just drag you down a little bit and it's just like yes. and i can understand some people's gripes with the classification system and how they think it should be only major match bumps or major match performances but not a lot of people not all the shooters go shoot majors no no absolutely no i i really uh, I, honestly i'm fine with it the way it is Mm -hmm. to be honest i mean could it be improved sure but i don't know how i can't contribute to it but, i mean i'm fine with it the way it is I'm, the way it is i mean i'm i'm no sandbagger i'm always going to give my best every single every single stage every single classifier and mm -hmm. when i suck i suck you know when i rock i mean it's awesome but once that i suck dad it's like you said it's going to drag me down but i think also some people have that um hate that you know classifiers are sort of like a moving target Mm -hmm. trying to get to the different um tiers because you know so especially you know getting to that 100 right the people that you know zero hear that thing and really getting like let's say 100 102 percent that's only going to increase the hit factor level a little bit more mm -hmm. and bring you that much further away hit factor wise you know oh yeah it, it, exactly and it's yeah I, I don't mind classifiers i like the newer ones the ones with movement mm -hmm. are nice um, yes but you know there's you have to have a good mix of them we hardly put out classifiers like we'll we'll do our i think we need four for the year so like we'll have four classifiers out you know for a couple months but other than that we'd much rather have field courses in our local match than have to set up a classifier so i'm gonna ask you this so when it, uh, when it comes to your training this year what um because i know listen to your show you know you have uh, yes, everyone know about our goals. What about your goals specifically? Like when it comes to what skills do you want to have um, improved upon for this next shooting season coming up? That's a good question. Um, well, first off is going to be when I get the new open gun, get super familiar with it. So get all the, my manipulations back to where they were. Um, this year, I kind of took a break from really dry firing much mm -hmm. just due to life at home mm -hmm. um, and really not having the ambition to dry fire. Um, the carry optics gun, like since area five in July, I haven't shot a match in carry optics. I've shot my carry optics gun in open, um, just to be, um, give me something to work on. And, um, cause the few classifiers we did shoot, it's like, well, they're worth something now instead of just, oh, I'm fiddle fucking and carry optics. Yeah. But so I'm going to get my, you know, my gun manipulations down, draws, reloads. I might have to get used to manipulating a manual safety on a gun again. Cause I've pretty much only shoot shot Glocks. Yeah. Um, so get gun manipulations down, um, but really focus on that grip, uh, the support hand grip in particular, because from what I've found my shooting, I can shoot fast enough, mm -hmm. but if I don't have support hand grip, shots go everywhere, points go down and I'm giving up how I call it is I'm hemorrhaging, hemorrhaging points. Okay. So yeah. I can have, I can have competitive times with my class or class, you know, like B class or A class guys and even M's, but it's like, I lose points. Like, so if I have the same speed or the same time, say we both shot this in 10 seconds, um, but I have four Charlies, 
and a lot more well, like i've got four alphas like six charlies and two deltas and the other guy's got a lot more alphas than i do i just lost a bunch of points mm-hmm. so the hit factor is just getting going down but when yeah. i really focus on that crushing of my support hand grip you know sights track better you know they stay in the alpha zone and they're still wicked you know the time is competitive at that point yeah. so so really now, like for me i'm going to be definitely focusing a whole lot more on you know grip and consistency mm-hmm. that's my biggest weak point especially after a reload recovering the grip after reloading is really terrible for me mm-hmm. um but you know i feel like my speed is good and my flow is something i'm going to be paying a lot more attention to um, especially like going through a stage, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, go fast only, you know, you have to have a good flow, like a, an efficient flow, mm-hmm. especially if you're shooting open. Um, because there can be a lot of times where, yeah, you can take the shot on the move. And if you're shooting in you know, iron size before, or not used to shooting on the move, especially major and try to go fast, you know, you're going to, you're going to want to shoot on the move a whole lot more often. So like working on flows, something that, definitely you should work on as an open shooter and when i shot open that was something i was really uh, really good for and um for me like my footwork is i think my footwork is really good mm-hmm. to be honest uh, i think i can i think dancing really helps with that and um uh yeah for me like my times are up there they're really good but i always do those do something stupid like i'll have like a two second reload or something like that because i'll just like yeah let's go and i'm like trying to Oh, shit, you know, try to jam that up in there. Yeah. I and and then you and then yeah. And that's really where I like watching video. I love putting the sky cam up. Mm-hmm. And it, I have it running for a whole shooter ahead of me or maybe even a whole shooter behind me so I can kind of compare stage plans. I haven't figured out how to ghost over anything yet. But um I want to try to figure that out so I can equally compare, you know, stages to stages. To kind of see, you know, where, you know, even though you can compare the times, you really can't compare like the exact plans and whatnot. But, um, yeah, stupid slow reloads, they suck. Especially when, <laughs> when you think about it, you know, you're just giving up time. Or if you run slow, like there's some, I have a friend of mine, uh, she'll be renamed, uh, renamed uh, anonymous, but she, when she does a load or when she moves, she just has no urgency in her movement. Like it's uh-huh. you, you got to move. Like yeah. if you want to be, cause she's pushing from C to B or trying, you know, she's, that's her goal is to go get to B. And it's like, well, you got to move. Like if you're going to shoot with B class guys, you, you can, if you shoot good, you still got to move good. Yeah. Still got to move good. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, when I was um, shooting open for a while, it was really funny watching me run mm-hmm. um, because I was just sprinting as hard as I think and could. Right. Mm-hmm. And the guys for a while called me a squirrel on a crack mm-hmm. for a while because I just have my feet would literally scurry, <laughs> yeah, and, and things. But um, you know, I learned that I didn't need to do it that hard. I just had to be a lot more efficient in the directions that I'm going and things like that. Like oh, I'm starting yeah. to get, I'm starting to get to the point where like I look at a stage plan and I'll actually ask myself, hmm. Does uh, geometry say that that stage plan is good? No. You know, I need to take mm-hmm. the, the hypotenuse of a right triangle instead, you know? Yeah. Well, it, or in which order do you take it? Especially those start anywhere stages. You're mm-hmm. like, what can I do to cut out a position? What can I do to 
is it going to save me time to take this wicked lean on this target and not be in this position as long? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's so much things to stage planning as other than the fact of get your plan and memorize it is I think everyone's like, you know, true, like written raw laws, get your plan and memorize it. Yeah. And don't do like a lot of us always did changing last second. I'm guilty. Mm-hmm. And thanks. If I do that, it's gotta be, it's gotta be like a split in hairs. I think, right. Like uh, if, if I'm going to do it, it's like, Oh, it's like, I, I see the advantages here or it's a simple fix. Like it's like, oh, I'm going to take this target instead of putting it in the second position. I'm going to take it to the third position because I'm already there. Mm-hmm. Or like uh, the last match I went to, there was a, a spot where you can take the long shot on one target mm-hmm. or you can do a stupid hard lean at the very end to get a fast transition and get the close up, close up shot. Mm-hmm. And it was a presented option. And um, like a lot of people took the ladder and they were falling at the very end, like doing hard lean and just falling backwards, trying to take the last one and, and tumbling. The got to the point where it was getting dangerous though, but there's a couple of people that actually try to go in between and try to charge up and take a medium shot on the move, trying to get the last position instead of trying to take the dangerous fall and things like that. It's, um, it's really interesting to watch how that went, but um, yeah, I would rather take the safer move than really um, commit myself to something possibly dangerous and still miss (laughs) oh yeah absolutely yeah i i agree with you on there now and if especially if i've already set up in the position and i'm already shooting multiple targets from the position Mm -hmm. i might as well just take it there then so then you you know at least that's my that's my go through especially with our style of stages up here Mm -hmm. um if you already have to go there in the beginning and it's there and it's available you might as well take it long as because long as capacity dictates it because say you're a a low cap shooter and doesn't make sense to kind of stand there and do standing reloads. So that's what I'm trying to get my buddy to get out of doing right now. He's still new to USPSA, only got a few match, like maybe six or seven matches now. Mm-hmm. And he's wanting to do standing reloads a lot. You know, I get that he wants to, you know, do that, but he wants to have a better hit factor. I was like, well, you gotta, if you're gonna do, if you want a better hit factor, you gotta do this. Go mm-hmm. ahead and try it. But something we're doing now, especially with him, is like getting to match, getting to the match extra early just to walk stages. That way he can get his plan in place. And the last match, wow, he uh, really improved. His hit backer increased like two whole points mm-hmm. um, the, the entire day. It was previous matches. So it was really good. Yeah. And, and I think those guys, because I do see those people a lot who, yeah, they want to do this. They either do the standing reload a lot or they want to. It's like, mm-hmm. I think they forget to count how many rounds are really in when you start shooting the stage. Yeah, it's like, okay, it's 32 rounds, so I have to do a reload somewhere, but they, they're they not really counting as they go. Yeah. They're just like, and Or they don't account for the makeup shots, right? It's like, oh, I got, this is a 20 rounds until I reload, but there's steel there. So it's, and then they run dry because they shoot multiple at the steel. But here no Yeah, I see, that's something I was kind of account for is like, I know my skill level. I know what I can miss at. So I'll actually factor in makeup shots which I, you know, a lot of people really hate on that, but um, so that just shows that I do need to take more, take a better, you know, take classes or just do gooder, right? Um, right. Well, and there's nothing, I would say there's nothing wrong, my personal opinion of accounting for makeup shots. Like, okay, I got 23 in the mag or, you know, 24 in the gun. So I can plan this to be like a 19 round, 20 round mag, but I have, I have some leftovers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it, but it's also really satisfying. Like if you do end up making, uh, you know, makeup shots and you're on your, your last bit, 
like your final shot is it is slide lock i'm like yes I did plan that well enough. <laughs> right. Or your before it's what, like, I don't know how many bolts you can fit in your uh, P10F mag, but like if, yeah, if, like if I'm cramming and stuff in like a Glock mag, it's like 24. Well, it's, it's 23 plus one on mm -hmm. in my mat in my gun. So on a 24 round stage, I'm like, is it worth it? Yes. You yes. Do, you do the loaded start and you shoot all the targets in your 24 rounds and you end at slide lock and you're golden. Yeah. But, Man, I hit those 20, uh, 20, uh, 24 round stages because I'm at 22 plus one. I have to do reload somewhere. And I'm yeah. like, I will risk it for the biscuit on those some, uh, sometime. Just go slide lock. Yeah, but, if you have the option. What some people really like to do is do those 22 round stages. So then you kind of, it's either, you either do it or, you, or people do the reload. Mm -hmm. And I think if, if you've got, this is, I guess this is a general stage planning talk, but uh if you've got the option of you gotta you have to move at a decent amount, might as well throw the reload in anyway instead yeah. of be safe. Yeah. So, oh, I guess this I guess is a good question. What is something that current Nathan would love to tell past Nathan about shooting? Don't be cheap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That is um, that is something I, you know, you know. Um, don't be cheap really like buy once cry once kind of situation try not to cheap out on every piece of equipment because that means i went through so many belts so many different mag pouches so many different mm -hmm. things i didn't need to three different reloading uh press setups you know mm -hmm. you know and um you know don't be cheap and um especially with that open gun and yeah. um you know dry fire more um you know eight years in now i've really i can really attest to you get what you put into the sport mm -hmm. now you know am i a class m, uh, m class no but i am where i am because i haven't you know dedicated as much time as i really should because i really want to be at those levels higher levels i just need to get myself to where i do that kind of dry fire and also a whole lot of movement training so yeah put in put in more time is what I would say to myself and don't be cheap. Right. I mean, those are good things to live by. I mean, cause yeah, buy ones, cry ones. And then the problem is they always make something better though. Like two months <laughs> after you buy it and it's like, are you kidding me? You couldn't have told me this was coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It sucks. But, um, you know, there's a lot of things I wish I could have done, but yet again, all those were lessons learned for me. Right. At the same time. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I agree. I've done that. Like I've, I don't know how many mag pouches I've gone through and, or, you know, I don't, so many mag pouches. Luckily, I have a, a lot of holsters. Holsters was always a pain in the butt. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I agree. Buy once, cry once kind of thing and stop sucking. <laughs> yeah, stop sucking. Exactly that. You know, and also, um, you know, really commit to uh, physical training as, you know, trying to think back like what I do now. Cause like whenever I go to the gym now, mm -hmm. I'm actually training for like, you know, gun holding strength now <laughs> at the gym. Yeah. So I'm at Planet Fitness, and uh, yeah, I got I, I drank the the, the purple Kool Aid. It's cheap, you know. Mm -hmm. They have what I need, right? But I'm actually doing things at the gym. We're actually pulling down and actually working on the strength of holding the gun and things. And I'll tell you what, it makes a difference for me. Like after going a couple a couple days and uh, during the week, and then at, at the end of the week, man, my my grip and manage and handling is so much more rock solid. Mm -hmm. so you don't feel the gym taste the what the gym gymitation or what yeah, yeah 
gym, gym intimidation or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Oh, oh no, it's at the plant time fitness out here. Everyone is showing off, man. It's it's really funny. Like at the gym here, we got a bunch of like um, like Instagram girls out there trying to record themselves uh, at the gym, and it's like kind of sickly annoying. But you know, you got some dudes who are really trying to get in the work. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, I've never. Yeah, it's kind of Planet Fitness is a really funny thing. It's mm-hmm. really, you know, it's a place where this one, uh, where the people that don't have access to a real good gym that really need it, especially if they're doing like serious bodybuilding, mm-hmm. they're like modifying the equipment out there for, for what they need. It's pretty cool to see. Yeah. And you got the people that, um, you know, are there just for the, for the uh, recording of themselves. And that's really funny, honestly. I well, enjoy, I, I like watching the drama as it unfolds out there. Yeah. Or they got to set up their tripod or something, right? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I had someone um, like, like, Hey, 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 like, stop. I'm going to, I'm recording here. Can you go around? I'm like, are you serious? And uh, I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, but I think the funniest thing I think I've seen was where this uh, young lady was uh, recording herself and a, a dude was watching, you know, just like admiring her working out, I guess. Right. Well, she has it on camera and uh, she looks up and was like, hey, quit creeping on me and trying to look at me. He goes, what are you talking about? I'm going to see you on Instagram tonight anyway. <laughs> That's so funny. I was, oh my God. I, was, I was not prepared for that. I was, I was like, I was drinking. I was spitting my drink. I was <laughs> oh. Uh, that's so true that's so funny <laughs> but she had nothing to say after that but no she didn't no she didn't like he was like he was generally a follower of hers on Instagram. Like, oh, yeah well because you know <laughs> she's got to wear that like branded apparel right like where it's got yes. their, their, their instagram handle and everything or yeah well, she did she had um <laughs> she did have that yeah but yeah like it was really funny she was recording for instagram i was like oh my gosh that's hilarious yeah i think if i if i I mean, if I was ever one of those people, I would just have my own like gym at home, mm-hmm. like in the or like some private like freaking garage or something, essentially, and just be able to go go work out there and do it there instead of. You know what I really uh, think of, uh, would be really beneficial for me again is like trying CrossFit. Some people hate it, some people love it. I'll be honest, I felt really good doing it though, and I felt a mm-hmm. really good performance. But the thing is, like for me at the gym, I can't direct myself on how to do things well at the gym i actually need someone to tell me what to do and yeah make sure i'm not killing myself at the same time yeah i like the wads like the workout of the days those are always mm-hmm. kind of cool like somebody else put it you know, like because my thing is like if i go to the gym or when i went to the gym i was like what the heck am i gonna do i'm gonna get on the treadmill and start there and it just seems like i was always on the treadmill and then go to the elliptical and then i'm like i guess i'll do a little bit of arms and shit and, and then go <laughs> yeah, home exactly. Exactly. You know, you made it, but the big thing, the big thing is made it through the door, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I'm still struggling with that. I, but, yeah. <laughs> and that's definitely the hard part is making it through the door. And it's just like mm-hmm. making the time or when do you go? It's like, especially now, you know, depending on what shift people work, you know, it's either, Oh, great. You can go in the daytime when no fucker is there, or you got to go at four in the morning when all the pre-work people are going. And it's like, do I really want to be here right now? Or do you do it after work or, yeah. Oh, so speaking of workout things that really help for shooting, you know, something that you should probably try. I think I made mention to this to you like a long time ago, maybe take up dancing. 
I don't think you have, but this might actually, I mean, well, you know how people say about ballet, you're right. So, you know, you go do ballet to be a better football player. And it, that's, that's been years ago since I've heard that. So. <laughs> I know, like for real, like, um, so, so one thing I, like, I pride myself is that I have good footwork, right? Mm -hmm. um, really common footwork. And I contribute that to years of salsa dancing, mm -hmm. right? And so I really think that if you try that, Hey, I'll even I'll even do video lessons with you. All right, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> and teach you how to dance mm -hmm. and things. But like just like foot placement and uh, shifting of your weight really, really can help, especially if you're gonna be going to open man. I think you'd be doing it. I'm talking to you like I'm a like a GM shooter, don't I? Aren't I? I'm B class yeah. man. But <laughs> hey, you're a GM salsa dancer, right? Yes. <laughs> See, exactly. So you know what you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, actually. <laughs> so this is, I guess, when you're the very end. So do you have any actual sponsors or people you like to plug on a day, you know, like uh, on a basis? No, I don't actually have any sponsors, but a couple of people I really um, do want to plug. I really wanted to, um, you know, should I make a shout out for my man, uh, Jason with Brass Monkey Bullets. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have a cove worm, but man, like he's been a He's real uh, close to me. I was there when I when he was just making his first uh, bullets uh, to sell and things. And I'm glad to see he is where he is now. Um, so yeah, check out Brass Monkey Bullets, GP Arms with Gilbert Perez. If you want to check out some 1911s, 2011s, and um, like especially the Ultimate Racer. If you want to get a bull Ultimate Racer, check him out. And um, pull some out concealment. Man, Roger, he's a uh, real close to me and he uh, makes holsters and he does a really good job and uh, a lot of people in you know northeast tennessee run run his holsters they're really good really fast and really um i like them a lot i have a yeah. i have them on one of, one of his holsters on one of my rigs so right well there you go and if you do want a discount code for brass monkey bullets go ttbmb so tanfo timmy brass monkey bullets for five percent yes. off so timmy i know you'll probably be listening so we plugged your we plugged your code but uh, go get some brass monkey bullets from Jason. Um, even though now they're green, so they're not really brass. I mean, they're, they're not really brass colored. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess you could say it's been patinaed, but I mean, we'll go with that, right? <laughs> I actually, I dig the green, to be honest. I kind of dig it, but I do miss the gold look too. I still have the I still have gold bullets. I I ordered, gold when I ordered the bullets, I ordered a case of bullets before they switched to the green ones. And I'm like, all right, this yeah. will work. Yeah, I still have. I think 5,000 loaded up. They're gold. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're, they're all there. I like their bullets. Their bullets did really well for me. Especially okay. when you could, you could get them next day, you know, they ship them that day or next day. So, oh man, I love like whenever I go home to visit my parents or something like that, he lives in my hometown. Oh, well, he'll be like, hey, uh, let's see uh, what can I load up in my car? <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. I'll take care of shipping. It's okay. Um, yeah, the, the, so those are the main folks I want to give a shout out to. And um, yeah, guys, if uh, anyone wants to come over, check out my website. You know, use Manny Talk Shooting as a discount code. Mm -hmm. You can use Tanfo Timmy if you want to use Tanfo Timmy also. No, we don't use Tanfo Timmy. No, we don't use Tanfo this. Timmy. <laughs> Only for brass monkey bullets. <laughs> no, no, for real though. Like, you guys use up all the, uh, use up Manny's uh, discount code, get yourself 10% off um that covers your entire order and uh, yeah and be glad to take good care of you guys especially if um, you have any questions with magnetic needs or just have questions about magnets in general be glad to help you with that 
I'm going to be putting more things on the website. Um, I'm going to you know, put up some blogs, short videos on the website now. And I'm going to put some you know, files on there for you to download, like you know, USPSA checklist um, you can print out. And my wife's version of the checklist, which is downright hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah, she, uh, she puts in a lot of good burns on me on that one. So <laughs> that, 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 those are always the best ones, right? Oh man, I'm so proud of that list, to be honest. That'd be really cool. And if you need any content for it, just let me know and I'll, I can make something. So I'll be great. Oh, that'd be great. I appreciate it. Yeah. So yeah. Um, oh, where can they find you on the internet though, other than the website? Oh yeah. So, um, so on Facebook, just Nathan Dively, D-I-V-E-L-Y. Uh, you can reach out to me there on Instagram, um, Div Tech Shop at Div Tech Shop. Those are the places where I'm going to be and uh, most active. So if you send me a message on Facebook or Instagram, um, I'll be glad to get back with you as quick as I can. I usually try to return your message within 24 hours. And um, yeah, send me, uh, and if you guys that already have my magnets, have any uh, uh, pictures with you, uh, rocking it or videos, send them my way. I'd love to post them on the website and post them up online and things. Mm-hmm. That'd be awesome. Well, Nathan, thank you for coming on. This has actually been really fun for me. And hopefully the listeners learned a little bit of about our ramblings. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was pretty fun. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was like a, you know, just a cool, like chill out, uh, you know, rambling on about things. So yeah. <laughs> but that's what these are about, right? This is kind of yeah. like you're having a beer sitting down with each other, but it's through the power of the internet. So Well, Nathan, thank you for coming on. And listeners, thank you for listening. Until next time, get out and do the things, and I will see you on the next one.